Good evening and welcome to Transatlantic History Ramblings with Lauren and Brian. I'm Lauren from Swansea in the UK and with me, as always, is... It's Brian in Buffalo, New York, USA, coming at you in April. Look at that, we're already in April. I know, it's scary. I know, you know what's really scary? Is we've been doing this a year now? Well, that, yeah. (laughs) And I, I looked in the mirror, oh my god. I've, need a haircut. No, I've been I've been primping and getting myself all ready and pretty all day because, you know, very important show. It is an important show. Yeah. How do I look? You look good. Do I, do I look, you, you look like you've got the just for men out. You've been colouring your beards and your hair. Yeah, you know, i got to cover the grey. Do I look like I belong in the 80s? You do. Big hair. Oh, Lauren, I'm really excited looks, today. It looks like you you've been grooming your hair. I, you know, maybe a little bit. We've but... been getting tips from our guests in the email exchanges about the best way to grump your hair. All I know is that I am giddy. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. We'll leave it at that. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do our regular introductions to the show. But uh, how are you I don't doing? Think we, I don't think we will because you're just going to be too excited to do them. You're like, oh. I'm so excited. I okay. can't I'll let the audience it. in on it now because... Yeah, I think it's best that we just get it out of the way. Okay. Our guest coming on, like, agreed to come on and talk to us. It's the love of my life. Well, she sought you out. I was like, I love your show. Can I be on it? Yeah, I, it's true. And, and she's the love of my life. Don't say that in front of Cleo, because Cleo will more... Cleo's staring, at, yeah. staring me down right now, and Sarah's just yeah. kind of shaking her head. But uh, No, it, it's it's not Sarah that I'm worried about. It is <sighs> it is Cleo that I'm worried about. She will annihilate you in your sleep for saying that you love another woman more than you love her. I have been in love with this person since the mid-80s. <laughs> I <laughs> This has been going on for weeks, that you've been so excited that, oh, that yeah. this person is coming on. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's it's just crazy that uh, it, it, it was so funny when I actually, it's when I first spoke to her about coming on the show, like, and then she sent me a text message, and I'm just like, holy shit, I'm getting a text message. And I'm like, I'm calling everybody I know going, guess who just texted me? And they're just like, yeah, okay. Theo would be impressed if I told him. But, oh, you keep him away from my woman. I got, <laughs> we have got... See, now, Lauren, you're a little too young to remember this, but in the mid-'80s, there was this, boom, this cultural phenomenon, and, and the world of wrestling exploded, and this little show out of Las Vegas cropped up on television called Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And there was baddest of the bad girls right i fell in love with her from day one and that was hollywood and hollywood miss jean Bassone is gonna come on and talk to us i know you've been so excited this week but uh i'll try to calm down but uh well um i have to say theo is still can't believe that there are other um federations <laughs> Or divisions of wrestling. He thinks it's just WWE and the women that wrestle for WWE. Because I was trying to explain that some of the ladies that wrestled for Glow went on to wrestle for, well, back in the late early 90s, it was WWF. Guess so, what? 
What? Hollywood's going to be here. I know, right? So um, Theo is getting his head around the the um, idea that there are other wrestling groups other than WWE. I, I don't even know if I could talk about the emails we got from past shows that you'd love to go over, but um, Hollywood's going to be here. I know, right? Well, let's, let's go over some emails that we've had then. Have we had any from last week where I told you to shut up? No. Shut up. Well, we did get one from uh, when people found out that you live um, where the Hoff hangs out. Oh, yeah. No, he used to. I don't know where they live now, but like 10 years ago, he used to, he used to like drink in the city center of Swansea. Yeah, well, just knowing the fact that you are in the presence of the Hoff has sent our listeners on a, on a, on a frenzy. You are now, ha- you have to be a Hoff hunter now. You have to carry your camera every- once COVID's over. Keep a camera with you. You know, you probably have one on your phone and be on the search for Hoff. It's going to be like a Bigfoot sighting. It's well, Lauren's I, hunt for the Hoff. Can I tell you, I am more likely to see Bonnie Tyler than I am to see the Hoff these days. And I have, ha- have actually seen Bonnie Tyler out and about shopping. No. I love Bonnie Tyler, too. She's another one of my 80s sweethearts. She she lives in Swansea. I know, but she's not the Hoff. I know. Although, if you run into Bonnie Tyler, you should ask her to come on the show. Um, I don't don't know if she... um... I I don't know if the Hoff visits Swansea anymore. I I have to be honest. Well, what about Bonnie Tyler? You don't think you could ask her to come on the show? Uh, maybe when the night when her husband's nightclub opens again. There you go. So maybe we'll see. I I don't have her contact details. Yeah. So people are telling me like you know I make fun of Swansea a lot. I make fun of Wales, but it must be a cool place if the Hoff goes there. Well, I mean Dylan Thomas used to get horrendously drunk <laughs> there, so you know we didn't kill him. The Americans killed him. You know, we're sick of you putting that one down on us, okay? <laughs> he drank himself to death. I mean, that that was that was him. That was him. You know, what do you do? I know. Can't blame me for that. So, what other emails did we have? <sighs> Stop killing Dylan Thomas is the emails we're going to get next. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying America is to blame. Yeah, stop blaming America. Um, we got an email about a couple weeks ago, um, which was a great show we did on Manly yeah. P. Hall. That was a great show. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and people were writing in that um, they thought it was rude of me to ask about uh, the the uh, the rumors about him and his life, which... You know, I um, I don't think they were rude questions. I think, you know, that's part of the man's character and part of his legacy. And uh, I like the fact that they could dispel those myths on our show. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the most important things about, about this show is that if there is a rumor out there that is being widely discussed and in some cases being written about um, in... Um, it, you know, written about and, you know, people are writing books about it and it's being, it's being presented as fact. It's our job 
and it's what we want to do is to either make sure that that is right or make sure that that is corrected and make sure that we are not necessarily redeeming the the characters of the people but making sure that you know that that they're being that they're being portrayed in the best possible way and in the most um factual way possible in the most honest way that's that's my thing yes brian yes and that's why and that's why i get cross with you when you say things like that about bram stoker and i tell you to shut up because you've all you've got this that was that was hilarious (laughs) and because i do that just to get your goat you know i know I know, but I think you got Dacos as well because I don't think Daco was very happy with that. Either. <laughs> well, you know, something's got to be said. Yeah, uh, and I and so, but no, it's it's you know, with anybody, whether it's Manly Hall, Bram Stoker, or somebody that is still living, if somebody is portraying them in a way that isn't necessarily factual or that we think is incorrect or we think is a bit suspicious, then it's our duty to you as podcast podcast hosts, as well as historians and researchers, to present it to you the correct way. Exactly. And, and, and especially in the case of Manly. Um, what a name, Manly. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, some of the rumors about him are so bizarre and weird that I'm kind of glad we could hit on him. Yes, and it, it's very, um, very you know, very generous of 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 our guests that day to um, to allow us to put those questions to him because some people might have been a bit insulted or a bit cagey that we were bringing that up, but he was very much he well, he, he very much got what we were trying to achieve. Yeah, and, he took it in the spirit it was intended. Yeah. So, any more emails? I want to know: Has anybody said you're obnoxious? There's been no obnoxious email. Well, that one kind of, I guess, was obnoxious um, about, you know, asking those questions. But, you know, we, we've just, we've defended ourselves. Um, I don't think we need to defend ourselves. But we, we did we get a couple emails, and this is for you, Lauren. Oh, goodness. What have I done? Well, nothing. It's a couple people were really excited about some of that Stoker stuff coming out. So they're like, please uh-huh. keep us informed. So... I'm going to give you the job right now that when we know of release dates on any of the books or um, documentaries or anything that, you know, uh, Stoker Macaulay do, your job is going to be to spread the word on Instagram and and, and Facebook and things. I know that there is something coming out in May. Um, I'm not quite sure of the date, but I know that the first major output of that new collaboration is coming out in may and it's a comic book which ties into our guest tonight who herself has just had in her honor um a, a comic book released there is a hollywood comic book um lauren yes hollywood's gonna be on <laughs> i know right and i just i just said that she's got her own comic book ah! as of as of this past weekend have you not seen the artwork for that? It's gorgeous. I well, of course it's gorgeous. It's Hollywood. I know, but you know, sometimes comic books they don't if it, they're if they're representing a, a real person, they don't quite capture them, and they do. They capture her perfectly. I mean, it, it's really gorgeous stuff. Lauren, Hollywood's coming on the when, thing. When she comes on, should I sit like this, or do I look better like this? 
I think you just got to go with it, Brian, because <laughs> you're going to see her, her face is going to come up on the screen, and you are, your body's just going to do what your body's going to oh, do. Oh, shit, I forgot the oranges. I was going to give her a bouquet of oranges. That is not that. That is not the John Cox etiquette of dating. Or the Houdini <sighs> etiquette of dating. How dare you, 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 you scandalous gentleman, not having the oranges ready. I know, I'm a bad, bad person. Oh, guess what else, Lauren? What? It's baseball season. Oh, it's... I don't know very much about baseball except for the fact that there was one guy that used the fact that he was at a baseball game to get off a charge of murder. Yes, because he was on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think of baseball as really long, really long rounders. <laughs> it's because you guys have cricket, which makes no sense. Uh, cricket's boring, and you, you often, if it's very sunny, you get sunburn. Baseball, too. You've seen me after baseball games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you find that funny. He was lobster red. You know, a couple other things I kind of wanted to vent about, but they're not going to make any sense to you because you're in the UK, so... Like, I'm really sick of those, like, emu commercials. <laughs> emu commercials? Yeah, you have no idea what that is. Every American listening is going to know what I'm talking about. What is the concept of this? I know you, you can't, because of law and everything, you can't sort of go into detail, but what is this EMU advertising? It's a particular company that handles insurance that has an EMU in their commercials. And the commercials are just starting to piss me okay. off. Because they're on every 30 seconds. If yeah. I turn the if I turn my TV on now and started running the dial, I guarantee you one of those commercials would be on at least thirty percent of the channels. It's really weird the way that you guys do commercials because you sort of do because you sort of do like two minutes and then commercials and then five minutes and then commercials. So like a program that's like thirty minutes long in the UK would be an hour long in America because of the commercials. Capitalism, baby. So, it's all about capitalism. Because I know that if a 40-minute um, episode of something is um, is playing here, it will be an hour with with commercials. Yeah. And I don't mind commercials because like, I actually like went and to school for that. From America. But America, we're... Uh... Yeah, but the, the thing is, though, is, is like, you know, how can you... It's like when you watch an episode of Friends and it's really like weirdly cut for our tastes and it's like because you find out that you will have like um the preview bit, like the minute like the first couple of minutes before the credits, and then you have a commercial, then you'll have a the credits, and then you'll have another commercial. That's just bizarre. Yeah, well first off I don't watch episodes of Friends. I know, but so, if, if, you, just... if you if you yeah, but the thing is, is that because the segments between each commercial is longer in the UK, your programs are, look really disjointed to us. Yeah, you do it in the UK. Do they still do it where you play a program and then there's commercials in between programs and then another program and then commercials and then, or do they interrupt um, the program? What, what um, they interrupt the program? So like. Um, It'll be half an hour because in between the first half and the second half, you will have five minutes of commercials. 
So you you have like um, you'll have like uh, I don't know, say fifteen minutes of the program, and then five minutes of commercials, and then the remaining portion of the program. So your commercials are really just piss breaks. Yes. Yeah. And then in between the next program, you will then have another five minutes of commercials. But on the BBC, you don't have any advertising because of that's where all the license fee money goes. So they don't have any advertising revenue. But you will get little trailers of their programming in between. But so um, well, on the BBC. That's... So when when yeah. a BBC show a film, you will just see the film and there'll be no adverts. So you don't get like emus in your commercials there? No, we used to have a, like a sock monkey for one of the teas, PG tips. But that that's that's it. Yeah, sock monkeys. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm commercials are just starting to piss me off. I I think so the problem with American it. commercials is that you'll see the same commercial a hundred fucking times a night. If I'm watching a hockey game, I'll see the same commercial at least 30 times during that game. That's a bit excessive. Because oh, if, God. It's fucking annoying. Because if there's like a, if there's like a, if there's like a football game. For anything. Right. You just, you just have to show too many commercials. I, I couldn't watch television in America. I'd end up punching a wall. I don't know. No, that's why you, you know, you do streaming services. Like I the Shutter Network, because I'm still lining up the, uh, the the filmmaker and star of my favorite film of the decade, Scare Package, which I keep telling you about. That's available streaming on the Shutter Network, and they oh, have some good films on the Shutter Network. They've got some great films, and they just added a ton of classics. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but Hollywood's coming on. I heard a rumor that that was what was I... happening tonight. Lauren, does this shirt look okay? Yeah, you look fine. Do it? Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe we should go to our days in history. Okay. No? <laughs> you got something yeah, else? But... You got something no, you want yeah, to get off yeah, your yeah. chest? Let's, let's just keep talking. Let's just keep talking. Let's, let's just keep talking and, and winding Brian up and keeping him away I was going to say, you got words. something you want to get off your chest there, Red? <laughs> Come on, I know I've been bitching about the emus and the and, and whatever, but you come on, give me something. What what what's it? What's I, stuck in your I, crawl? I, nothing really. I, I don't do anything really because I, I I'm on furlough. I'm in lockdown. All I do is study for university to get my master's degree. You don't want to bitch about yeah. the the cat that left the dead mouse for you? <gasps> that was hilarious. <laughs> my dad goes to me looking um, out of the window and my, my dad goes to me oh there's a cat in the garden with a mouse in its mouth so I watch it and I'm like okay I'm going to stay and watch the cat it's not a pleasant thing to watch but my concern was is that the cat would get distracted or get disturbed and let the mouse go okay and then the mouse would run to your house yeah because we don't have a cat anymore, so and she was a really good mouser. She was amazing. Up until a few weeks before she died, she was still catching mice for us. Killing mice, killing mice, killing mice. Yeah. So I thought, okay. And then the cat just looked at me and was, like, playing with the mouse. And I don't know what the cat did to the mouse, but it kind of just trampled it. I wish there was an episode of Tom and Jerry where that happened. Like tossing the mouse up in the air? <laughs> I know. 
Jerry got too big for his boots. Fuck Jerry. So yeah, and then the cat, and then the cat got fed up of it and left it there. So we cleaned it up. But then after I posted that Facebook status saying thank you, cat, the cat came back looking for it. So I think it regretted leaving it there and wanted to take it back for its humans. Yeah. So you, so you messed up that cat's day. Yeah, we kind of did, but we don't know where the mouse came from, which is kind of concerning. It came from the pet store. It was a little white mouse. No, no, no. It was a mouse mouse. It was, um, I think it might have been a baby field mouse. So, like, aren't you from, like, the land of the Pied Piper? No. <laughs> you didn't go to Wales and get rid of all the mice? Uh, no, no that, that wasn't Wales. Where was it? I, I don't know. It wasn't Wales. Did you ever see the movie version with Donovan? No. That's a fucked up movie. It sounds like it's messed up. It was great. I mean, I love Donovan, but it was a weird movie. Yeah. But no, I, I don't mind, you know, cats are doing what they're doing and everything. But it's, um, and my cat was great when um, there was some building work nearby and the mice got displaced. So they all ran into our house and she killed them all for us. <laughs> Which is why you keep a cat. Does Wales have a big mouse problem? And we've got a forest behind us where my sister once found a bomb. And that's a different... No, she did. My a bomb? found a bomb. Yeah, a bomb. A World War Two bomb in, in, in the forest behind our house. Wait a second. Hold the fuck up. You just never told me that you found a World War Two bomb behind no, your I house. Didn't find it. I, I didn't find it. I had nothing to do with it. I had not seen it. I did not lay eyes on it. My sister found it. My sister and her friends found it. And they, in their wisdom, picked it up oh. and carried it to this boy's house where the mother turned around and told them, take that dirty thing out of my house. So they carried it all the way back. It's only when one of the other parents decided to take them a bit seriously that they'd found something <clears throat> that, <laughs> that the bomb squad was called in. Was it active? It was- yeah. <laughs> How the where the where, where the fuck has this story been for the past year that we're doing this show? Oh, <laughs> and you've been holding out on me. It was an incendiary bomb. You got like an entire episode of Gilligan's Island going on in your fucking backyard, and you're not telling me. <laughs> yeah. And and what made it even worse is that. It was an unexploded incendiary bomb that was still active. (sighs) And they, um, and the bomb squad guy was tearing his hair out because he had nowhere to evacuate us to. So we had to stay in the house. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This this just slipped your mind for a year? I don't really think about it because... Um, it just sort of something so surreal. You're like, that didn't happen, but it did. My sister found a bomb. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't even know. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, Lauren, I want you to think good and hard. Is there anything else you're not telling us? <laughs> No. No, that's it. 
Now you didn't find those Japanese soldiers burrowed into the the garden or anything. Uh, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> you just literally blew my mind. Um, why don't why don't we do days in history? Because I'm gonna, wow, I'm gonna need to take a break while you do your day in history. Okay. Well, should I do a fancy today in history? Please. Today in history. Was that good? That was that was pretty good. Thank you. So mine is um, in 1843, Queen Victoria. Oh, so sorry, I should have stopped by. On the uh, 5th of April, 1843, Queen Victoria proclaims Hong Kong a British Crown colony. <laughs> what was yours going to be? Today in history, the 5th of April, 2021, Lauren tells me her sister found a bomb. I, 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 where was the bomb? Was it a German bomb? <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> Just a matter of fact, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so Hitler tried bombing your house and missed. Um, no, no, no. Um, they were um, <clears throat> they were coming from Swansea to Chennai, where there were the steelworks and everything. So they were they must have jettisoned it to save fuel because the load had been heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So... Or, or, it, or it could have been from the testing range. There was a testing range not too far away. So. Could have been that. But it was a World War II bomb, yeah. You know, usually I like to make fun of your day in history somehow, but um, I, I can't because you have unexploded. There could be more. Um, there was another one found um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not by my sister and not in the woods. Um, there was another one found in Gowerton. And sometimes they do pop up along the beach in um, in Carmarthenshire. They they pop up sometimes. They get well. No, they they put they put bombs in the sea and everything. Oh, if we wouldn't get sued, I would so play. You dropped a bomb on me. <laughs> Can I? I, I? I just want to see your Facebook status after we record this. I, I, I'm not going to say anything until this episode airs which will be Wednesday. But, uh, oh, Hollywood's coming on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't trump that with my sister's bomb story. No, and you know, my, my, my day in history is going to be like such crap now. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> is it like today in history? Nothing nearly April, as exciting as Lauren finding a bomb happened. <laughs> I didn't find it. I didn't see it. I wouldn't go with them to look at it because I didn't believe them. Nobody believed them. But it was the bomb. All right. Well, my day in history is April 5th, 1987. You know what happened? No. It was the quote-unquote official launching of the Fox Television Network, the fourth network. Two shows premiered that night, The Tracy Ullman Show, featuring a little animated short called The Simpsons, and Married with Children premiered. And I'm going to tie that into our guest because our guest was actually on an episode of Married with Children. So, Lauren, Lauren, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm going to fire it up. Fire it up. 
It's the Magic Interview Box. All right, I'm so excited. I, I can't even flip the switch, Lauren. You flip the switch. Okay. Here we go. Lauren, are you ready? I am indeed, yes. Okay, because get this. We have had, you know, prize-winning physicists, best-selling authors, Pulitzer Prize winners, mm-hmm. actors, actresses, everybody. But this is the first time we were having a guest on that I, I, I actually might get, like, really starstruck with. So you might have to take over. <laughs> okay, because you see... I don't, I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can get starstruck, Brian. Oh, I, I don't oh, think I that can. is entirely possible. Oh, trust me. <laughs> this your is... mouth is too big. Yeah. <laughs> you run your mouth up all the time. Anytime... And I made him go on video, too. Exactly. (laughs) Anytime somebody says dreams can't come true, they're full of shit, okay? Because I have had this dream going on 30 years. So, here it goes. I am bringing on the one, the only, the greatest glow performer of all time, and who was meant to be the future Mrs. Brian, but she never responded to the proposals I sent. <laughs> Hollywood herself, Jean, the, like Capone, Bassone. Perfect. See that? And I even got the name right. You did how, perfect. How are you? I'm wonderful. Especially during these times, I cannot complain. There is nothing to complain about. I have my, my health. I'm still working here and there. A lot of people are not. And I have been working, also dabbling in my soap business. But, you know, um, I'm not complaining. I, I'm, I really am not. I'm, I'm really fortunate. I, I'm going to complain. I'm going to start the show with complaints, just so we get it off okay, on the right foot. Because there were lots of marriage proposals sent to you by <laughs> a young Brian that never got a yes. <laughs> And I've been buying my I, I time. I must have not seen that. Oh, sorry. I, I've been waiting patiently. You keep waiting. How's that? Oh, Just oh, wait. Lauren. I think, <laughs> I think that's the right answer. I, yeah. Wow. Well, now you know how Theo feels. That's true. Lauren's is Theo there? <laughs> no, he's not. No, no, no. No, I'm not with them tonight. No. Lauren's nephew Theo is six years old. And he is obsessed with women's wrestling. I love it. And they're all his girlfriends. You know who else, you guys, was obsessed with women's wrestling was Sylvester Stallone's son, Sage. When um, And he's passed now, but he used to come with his grandmother, Jackie. And Jackie was the... Uh, the good girl's manager and she used to bring sage to the shows well sage really loved the heels and i was a heel so he it was great to see his mother his grandma on one side of the ropes and him on the other side just rooting rooting along the uh the bad guy so okay first off you weren't a heel you were the heel oh i love you you're you so the, sweet i i just you know i'm blushing She's everywhere with me. <laughs> I remember that. Look, Lauren, there is that she a is. VHS cover. 
Is that a VHS? No, this was the the, the special limited edition uh, Blu-ray box set. Oh, okay. I just couldn't see. I have the VHS cover, too. (laughs) I do, do too, though. I got it somewhere. Seriously, there's one in storage somewhere. For those out there who don't remember or live in some faraway land of sheep like whales, Lauren. Thanks. Glow was this incredible phenomenon that just exploded. And I always thought you were the most unfairly treated performers in the business. Right. And you got to understand, this was, it was a wrestling show that combined sketches and comedy and songs and dances and routines. You were one of the first people to do rap on television, which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Right. And you ladies took some severe bumps. I mean, you put the men to shame at times. Brian, I'm glad you say that. Thank you, because you were watching the show. So anybody who watched it and you were watching it saw all of that. And um, we basically took our show and we made more of a variety thing with it so that we would have our rap songs to explain who our characters were. Uh, And we had lots of sketches. And we had a director that was from... Um, a film background, and of course, David McLean's idea, he came from a wrestling background, so they put the two together, and that's what made our show different at that time than other shows, so some people didn't like that fact, that there were those comedy sketches in there, um, and the rap songs, and some people didn't give it the respect, like you just said, back then, it was a different world, what, you know, in the 80s, what, what female role models were there? Wonder Woman, right? I, I, I don't remember any other female role models, and I didn't remember a, a whole women's wrestling league on television because Vince had all men and a couple maybe women's wrestling and ballets. Yes, we had independent wrestling. I know that. There was a lot of ladies on the independent scene, so no disrespect, but they weren't on television, so people couldn't see them. No, and the you, way that they got to see us. And you guys were performing to sold out crowds from the get go. We every time we did our shows every Saturday it was packed in there. And people got it. It's like you, they got it. You know, they had their signs up for their favorite ones. You know, when Vine and I used to come through and they would announce us, there were two guys on the left hand side of the stage that would play their own introduction music for us. <laughs> I'm serious. They had their little boom box, Brian, and their boom box, they would play Motley Crue, Looks That Kill. So as soon as they announced us, they hit their cassette tape. <laughs> I love it. Right? Is that cool? Well, you know, there might have been some weirdos out there with, like, posters of you all over their room, too, who really got the show. You know, I'm not going to name names. Yeah, and, there, and, and there were those you, those kids that loved us um you know the thing is is we didn't know how popular or if we were even popular at all because they uh first of all we were doing the shows out of vegas and he did not put them on tv for us so we couldn't see ourselves performing two we weren't getting our fan mail three we didn't have these these cell phones and we didn't have the internet we found out how popular we were when we went to New York and we did the Donahue show and we're traveling through and we've got fans going, oh my God, it's the Glow Girls. So 
it, it, you didn't really know, you know, that you were popular. Now, I later on was picking up a check, one of my checks in Los Angeles, because I was working part-time season three and four. So I'd come in on a Wednesday, rehearse what we were going to do, do the comedy sketches. We do a, uh, on Friday was a dress rehearsal for the cameramen, so they would know where certain things were going to take place. Um, so I went to Los Angeles to pick up my check, and I saw a bunch of bags of mail. So I asked our secretary, Jackie, I go, Jackie, I go, what are those? Oh, she goes, that's the fan mail. I go, what? We're getting fan mail? Holy shit. I go, and we're not getting it? So I thought that was kind of crappy. So I went through it, started pulling out. I, I was like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, you see, you almost that. had an out. I was going to say, Lauren, say she never got the marriage proposals. Well, I, did, I, I, I had to hurry up and get out of there. We weren't supposed to get it. So I am sneakily. Oh, so you didn't get those ones. Yeah, yours was probably in there. It was in there I, somewhere. I feel bad. And, and Brian, I do feel bad because there were people that we that sent us those letters, you know, and we didn't get them. And so I apologize now to all of them because they're like, you didn't answer my, you know, my letter. And we just didn't get them. Yeah, you, that, you missed so. out on all this. You could have had all this yeah, in your no life. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. I might have been married 10 times and divorced by now. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> And three of those times would have been to me. Exactly. But you'd have had a really cute cat in Cleopatra. Oh, yeah, she's cute. See, I Lauren. Hey, by the way, I like the flags in the background. Oh, the U.S. and flag. Wales. How come the Welsh flag is so much cooler than the U.S. flag? Oh, Different. my God, it's badass. I know. Yeah. Ours is cool, too, but look at that. Dra- it's a dragon, right? Yeah. It yeah, it's a dragon, yeah. Oh, my God, it's Lauren. a pour-up. Yeah. Because it, um, there's a legend about St. David, David taking a, a thorn from the paw of a dragon. So that's why the paw is up. I see. Yeah. Very cool. That's cool. Yeah, they get a badass flag. Yeah. They got cool flags. They do. That's because we're, we're next door to England and we had to have some compensation somewhere. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, I got to go to the beginning of, of, of GLOW because... They didn't take, that would have been the easy way to go about starting a women's wrestling group. And they didn't. They went a whole nother route. How did you get involved? Right. I love, that's a great question. Good for you. Because, you know, I've done so many podcasts, and but I love that question. Um, you know, David knew a lot of professional wrestlers, but he did this casting call, a huge casting call in Los Angeles. Um where I was involved with that. I went down to the Hyatt on Sunset, and I'm like, there's three to 500 ladies with their pictures and resumes in their hands. And David comes on and says, okay, this show's going to be about women's wrestling, and I swear to God, a third of those girls took off. A lot of them were (laughs) actors, models. They were like, fuck this, I'm not doing this. You know, and I'm thinking, oh my God, what do those chicks know that I don't know? This is going to be... This is scary. I don't know anything about wrestling. I've seen it on television. So I went down to the tryouts or the training sessions, which were Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 p.m. So I could do my job um, and then learn how to wrestle. My trainer was Mondo Guerrero, famous uh, Guerreros. 
So we were being trained by a very, very good wrestler. And um, I noticed that when I would come back, like on a Wednesday or a Friday, I saw less and less girls. I'm thinking, where are all these girls going? Well, come to, th- come to um, they needed only 12 girls to do the pilot. So we were only doing a pilot. So there were 12 girls. I was well, the first one hired, McLean said. McLean said that Mondo said, which one of you ladies standing here in the ring can slam your head into the turnbuckle and turn over on your back? Well, when you're 20-some years old, I raise my hand first. <laughs> and you know what? You just, you, you have no fear. He picked me. I did it. And McLean said, you were the first one hired in my book. That's what we wanted. We wanted people who weren't afraid that got it. The second girl hired was Americana, the character Americana. The third girl was Lisa Moretti, who is the WW Hall of Fame Ivory. Mm-hmm. And he goes, with you three girls, how can I lose? And so, you know, he picked his 12. We did the pilot. We sold it. And then he hired, there was um, a couple of other lady wrestlers that came in that he knew from Indiana. Uh, they trained because Mondo was gone after that. So they started training all the new ladies that we needed after that. We couldn't just do 12, you know. So we started season one and two in Vegas in 1986, 87. We had a lot of new wrestlers. We had a lot of the first and second season ladies leave. And then we got uh, more girls in season three and four. So I did all of them. I did the pilot and all four seasons, Brian and Lauren. It baffles me. See, people, I just wrote a book about wrestling, and I don't come from a wrestling background. Um, A mutual friend of both of ours, Danny Murphy, who I grew up with, uh, who is a professional wrestling writer, he and I collaborated on this book. And I totally, you know, re-immersed myself in wrestling for a year and a half for the research. Right. In the amount of time and years and training that these people put themselves through, first of anybody who thinks wrestling is fake and it's a joke, you got to get it clear. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not. I mean, it's not. Their bodies are being put on the line, and you girls every, came in. Every move you do, every move you everyone, do. Everyone, and you girls came in inexperienced with very yep. little training. Right. A, how could you know you could trust your opponent to not hurt you? And B, I mean, we uh, fans of Global will remember the the Susie Spear uh, injury. Injury with the elbow. Yeah, because yeah, it was, so, and you could find that on YouTube. Even though I don't recommend it, because it's very painful to watch. Yes. How did that not happen more? I mean, you, you know why you all pulled it off so well with such you know little why, training. Brian? That's a great question, too. It was because our director, our producers had us writing down the match. Everything from A to Z, from the beginning to the middle to the end. He wanted us to write down everything, and then he made us go over it and over it and over it for camera. Um, There wasn't, they had us on a short leash, let me tell you. So there was a lot of discipline. There was uh, no drinking or drugs. That's if they didn't find you or catch you doing that. Um... You know, there was a curfew at midnight. So, and, you, and you're 20 years old. You know what I mean? 21, 22 years old. You have no fear, like I said earlier. So, for me, the only person that scared me was um, Mountain Fiji. Because <laughs> David McLean said, see that woman over there? She's about 350 pounds. I said, yeah. He goes, you're rusting her. 
I go, no, I'm not. He goes, yes, you are. I'm like, ah! <laughs> you don't think about it, because when you're young, what what are you scared about? You just don't think about those things. Especially I'd have been scared about Fiji. I was. Yeah. I heard she was a sweetheart, though. Oh, my gosh. Heart of gold. Yeah, she was... Um... Uh, a football Cardinal. player originally, wasn't she? She was a shot, well, shot put. Shot put. Uh, she was supposed to go to the, what is it, the 1980, I don't remember which one, uh, Olympics, and they were boycotted. Do you remember yeah, when? Well, yeah, the Russian boycott, when Carter boycotted that's it. them, yeah. And she couldn't go, but she was an Olympic shot putter. Wow. Is that crazy? Yeah. Especially since you had to fight her. And then became a wrestler. Oh, you would not, you know, they would put Vine and I against her. You're going to wrestle Mountain Fiji. I'm like, how the hell are we going to get this woman off her feet? So Vine and I decided that we would light matches. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Lights, light her ankles on fire. I also got to ask this. <laughs> Whose idea was it to say, okay, we're going to take the most beautiful girl we've ever seen and make her the villain? Isn't that a great idea? They always should do that. Um, that would be our writers and David McLean. It was a collaboration of all those three. You know, your producer, your director. Thank goodness they make pretty girls bad girls. Because you know you're doing your job when you are getting booed. When they're booing you and they're the first ones up for an autograph, <laughs> you know... I remember we were in, where were we, mm, New Orleans, and these guys were just sitting there booing me, and I saw them, so I gave them shit back during the match, but you know what, Brian, I looked, and there they were, hi, oh, we want your autograph, I go, you two were booing me, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but we love you, <laughs> I, gotta... so I don't know, man, I don't know. See, now, Lauren's a little younger, uh, younger than us. Okay. So she's for her. not so hip to the 80s like we are. That's okay. And Lauren is also one of the world's leading authorities on the suffrage movement and feminism. Oh, cool. So, wow. And I know you're a feminist. Yeah. Which is amazing because Glow was really sold on sex. Yes. And yeah. it was. I mean, I remember... Fondly, I might say, as much as trouble as I'll get in for that. Glow Magazine was every bit as exciting as Hustler to a kid like me. Uh, yeah, right? I mean, it was. The way this, it was a light The out. way that all the shots were. You know, yeah. I'm wondering if they pulled those. Well, let me tell you why. Here's a reason. I have to get the magazine, but it was Zentner, Z-E-N-T-E-R Publishing, Zentner. They also did, I know they had some kind of published some kind of raunchier magazines, not to mention all the 80s rock band magazines as well. So you've got somebody in there pulling those shots. And those probably were pulled straight from from film. A lot of those. Oh, I'm sure. I don't, yeah, I don't remember a photographer like it is today standing in front of the ring taking photos. I, I really don't remember anybody doing that. Um, you know, for specific magazines, yes. For specific, you know, talk shows, yes. But there in Vegas, I do not remember. Because you know what? If he was there, I would have been posing for all of them. And I didn't see him there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I find it amazing that 
it, the show was sold on sex. Yeah. And you were all, I mean, look, I mean, you were as beautiful as could be to begin with. And then they created Hollywood, which just, you went total 80s flair with the crimped totally. hair and the, yep. and, and the lingerie. The and yet you all became heroes to little girls and feminist icons. Right. And well, you know, you know what they also did, Brian? I, I, I'm going to say for my character, you know, uh, Steve Blance was, one, was our main writer out of New York. And Steven is a huge wrestling fan way before he got into the glow. So he already had a huge background of going to Madison Square Garden and watching, you know, all the oldies from the day. So he thought, who can we have do a PSA commercial about drugs and alcohol? I know it. We're going to turn Hollywood, who is a bad guy, talk about something, you know, good. You know what I mean? Trying to, you yeah. know, yeah. And that's how that works, he said. So I thought that was a great idea to take a bad guy and have her talk about drugs and alcohol. Um, it was, you know, and that was cool because I did tons of those. And basically, hi, Kitty. I want to show Bring her on. Look, this is my, look, this is Zsa Oh, hi, Zsa I love her. That's Zsa Okay, darling. <laughs> I, knew the, I knew one of them would come in. Oh but yeah. Yeah, what what a great idea to turn, you know, to have a bad guy talk about something that is positive, you know, turn a negative into a positive. And and it was amazing that they didn't play with few exceptions. They didn't play the women as dumb. They didn't play them as ditzy sex symbols. And the ones that no. did play dumb played more naive than dumb. Correct. Like you would have our uh let's see, it would have been our um Oh, the beach girl. Jane Hamlin played her. California doll. Yes. Do, 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 do. Yeah. She was not stupid. No. She's a teacher. She's very smart. But you know what? And she's sexy and pretty. Uh, but you have, the cool thing about GLOW is you had women all shapes and sizes. We had black girls and Hispanic ladies and Asian girls and white girls. And that's pretty cool for the 80s. There was just all around. We did not discriminate shape, sizes, color. And if you go and watch that show, you'll see um, that we have we have a, a good a good group of, of all around strong women. And and that's the other thing, you were all badass too. All the girls were. You know what? I cannot take anything away from any wine girl, regardless if you got along or not. We're all on TV. What is there to complain about or bitch about? You know, there, there's nothing. You have that catty stuff that goes on, of course. But I, I did not play into that. I didn't have to. You don't, you know. You know, in the beginning, I was like, who's my character? What does Hollywood and Vine represent? Who are they? What are they doing? What are their characters? I grew up in Southern California. Hollywood was 15 minutes from where I live. Let me think. What, what? The only thing that I associated it with is rock and roll in 80s and it was 80s music and that's why Vine and I wore leopard print and cheetah print and corsets and gloves and crimped hair and you know chokers around our neck you know heavy metal belts do you ever crimp the hair now just for the hell of it oh I've done it a couple of times yes I yeah. love it 
Yeah. <laughs> Still do it. If I want to keep it, I probably shouldn't do it, but... <laughs> no. I was going to say, I don't know how any of you girls have hair left after all the, uh, the you know, the, the hairspray and the, and, the, and the crimping and the... Oh, yeah. my God. But... Well, some of those girls look like they had perms. I never had a perm in my hair, but there was a lot of perm. That's the 80s stuff. Lauren, you're lucky. That That's ugly. I don't like that stuff. <laughs> those perms. You, know, you should see Lauren. Uh, Lauren, get can you can, turn your camera on? You got to show her your hair. Lauren has got like the big bushy hair. orange hair, like me. I love it. Lucky yeah, girl. I've got curly hair, so I do too. <laughs> Mine's curly too, but I can, you know, if I go into a rainstorm. No, store, my mine's pretty bad. If I go into a rainstorm, my balance store, is really bad tonight. So I can't. Uh, that's all right. No worries. You don't have to be on. I believe you. <laughs> we all believe. We love Lauren. Lauren, um, I, when I told Lauren I was booking you in as a guest, the first thing she said is, Brian, please don't get us sued. Because apparently yep. I might get a little too out of control with, you know, the marriage proposals. I was going to have the Tom Jones impersonator on to perform the wedding. but Go! Yeah. Impersonator. <laughs> I always no. wanted to get married by a Tom Jones impersonator. Elvis is, is too tacky. Tom Jones Welsh? Is yes, he, Welsh he is. As the well? greatest thing ever to come yeah. out of Wales. Yeah, of course. He was awesome. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I think I'm winning the over, Lauren. That's all I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be quiet. But I told Lauren you were coming on. And she started doing more research. And she's like, oh, my God, these women are awesome. Yay. So if you could explain obviously to the listeners out there, but especially to Lauren, what the young girls coming up thought of you as role models. Because, I mean, you were playing Vegas, which was an adult town. Yep. It was marketed as a sexy thing for you know, young men and, and grown men. But little girls really started looking up to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know you're doing really well when you have little kids with their posters but when they start crimping their hair and dressing like you and wearing the makeup that's like huge so that's when you knew and later on uh when um we started doing the conventions i realized that we really had a really huge lgbt following and i didn't know that in the 80s and so a lot of these uh people that I have met on Facebook, I've met them face-to-face in uh, uh, the Glow Cruises that we had. Unbelievable. They were huge fans, and they said to me, you guys made it okay for us to dress maybe the way we did. You made it okay for us to be us. So thank you so much. That is what I've always heard. And um, like I said, today I have quite a few of them that are friends. I are closer than friends. It, it's just interesting how all of a sudden you become, it, it, it's it's more of a friendship. Um, but we didn't, I didn't know that. And so I love the support that they have given us. It's tremendous. Well, you, you, you guys made it okay to be fabulous. Well, you're welcome. But you know what, that, I wanted to tell you, we had, um, it was a documentary is when that came out. It's called Glow, the Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Oh, yeah. When that documentary came in, that's when I realized what groups of people we were, who were loving our show. So without their support, too, and all of our fans, we would, I wouldn't be here talking to you. Oh, yes, you, you would. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
So I thank all of our fans. I love them to death. And Good men and women. I also found it curious, one of the only ones that really continued on in the profession when Glow went away. Thank you. I mean, very I few of the girls went on. A couple ended up in the NWA. Um, right. a one became Ivory, obviously. Yes, Ivory just, you know, but you, after Glow. You carried on, too. I carried on. Both Lightning and myself did a lot of independent wrestling afterwards, mostly in Southern California and Central California. I think that's when we went met Dr. Mike Lano in the Central area, taking photos, writing, journalist type. Uh, then I did some in Texas and on the East Coast with Glory Wrestling. I think it was called Glory. Um, and then I thought, do I want to do WWF at the time or WWE? But I ended up breaking my leg when there was an audition. So I was only two months into that broken leg. I went anyway, Brian, but I decided to wear sweatpants so they couldn't see the atrophy in my leg. Uh once they started asking me all these questions, they were very interested as they're interviewing me after I wrestled. I told them, I go, you guys, I go, I'm right in the middle of a broken leg. I, I just couldn't lie. Even though the character could do that, I just didn't feel that that would have been something that I should. I, I'm like, they need to know that this person is not going to be giving 110%. So that I didn't hear from them. But I think if I really wanted to go in that direction, I would have. I had worked, you have to remember, from 21 to 25, 26, uh, 25, I'm working with GLOW, and that was nonstop. I didn't have any breaks in between. So I'm, like, burnt out. I just wanted to be a regular 20-year-old. I wanted to go out and date, party, go to clubs, be home at 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 in the morning without someone telling me, you can't do that. So I wasn't looking. And the other girls probably felt the same way. When you're 20, you you know, it's a different time. But you also, you got to remember, by that time, you were iconic. You weren't going to be the normal 21-year-old at that time. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't know that either, but I just was burnt out. That was, that's it. I was burnt out. However, uh, lightning got me into some stunt work, so I started doing a little bit of stunts, and then I was like, ah, thinking... I want an easier way out. Let's do this and do this. So then I started working for, I started my own company called Hollywood Productions and working for a lot of other companies back in the day, DT and uh, I think it was Green Eyes or something or Green something, um, uh, Triumph Studios. All these were these other underground wrestling video companies, catfighting. I got into that, and I was working all the time. I'm thinking, this is cool. I don't have to travel anywhere. It's right here in Los Angeles. I go do my gig. I've been doing this for years, so I know it like the back of my hand. I'm in there working for an hour, making this much money. Wow, this is simple, easy. Then I decided, uh-oh, this is easy. I'm going to start my own company, get the cameraman, <laughs> get my own set of girls, and start my company. That way I make the money, and nobody else is making that money off of me. And that's how Hollywood production started. So I continued in it because it's what I knew, and I loved it. Now, you see, I think you always missed a calling, and I think you could still do this because you would be, like, the perfect horror host, movie host. Oh, yes. You would be right? so good at that. Really? Absolutely. 
You know, after watching Svengoolie the other night, I was thinking I could really do it. <laughs> I was going to wear my Svengoolie t-shirt, actually. but uh... I love it, though. But he plays these awful horror movies, which is great. And then he comes yeah. back and talks about it, and it's so funny. But, I mean, you know? Hollywood as the horror host is such a great oh, yeah, idea. the horror hostess. Look, yes. H-O-H. Holly of horror host H-O-H-H. <laughs> it would be amazing. And, I, I mean, I would tune in. I'm sure everybody listening would tune in. Seriously, I watched it a couple of weekends ago and caught it. I, I'm on his Facebook page, so I'm always, you know, somebody will post a picture of something, uh, some horror movie, and they say, put a caption to it. Oh, I think that's, I love that. I mean, you would be, yeah. you would be as good as Joe Bob Briggs any day. <laughs> I love it. And that's better looking great. than Joe Bob. But, not that Joe Bob's not a good looking guy, right? I think I could be the female Triple H, Hollywood hostess of horror. <laughs> Have you ever considered <laughs> uh, doing your own, like speaking at Triple H, who does like the podcast and yeah, you know, you know, Hollywood talk or whatever? I love that. You just opened up a whole new. You know, you when you're thinking of something but you're not quite there, and then somebody else pinpoints it, and you're like. I was just thinking about that. You as a horror host is amazing. It doesn't even have to be a horror host. It could be any movie. So here's something that's interesting. During the COVID and a little right before, I ended up writing a little ditty, and it's called My Favorite Horror Movie 2. And uh, my friend Christian Ackerman is a, a, a director of horror movies. You can find a lot of his films on IMDb. But in it, he asked, certain icons or actresses or actors, whatever, to write what they thought their favorite horror movie was. So I'm in here, and I wrote, it was really difficult. I call mine The Shining, and it says by Jeannie Hollywood Bassone, but it was really difficult to pinpoint my favorite one. So I started... From the beginning, and I think I started with Nosferatu first, oh, watching nice. that. Right? I couldn't just pick one. You know, and then from Nosferatu, I went into Halloween because Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis reminded me when I was a teenager babysitting. But uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original, oh, not I the remake. That at the drive in theater. And then. Um, what else did I have in there? Oh, Night of the Living Dead. Oh. That still, to me, is one of my favorites. And what always makes me laugh is, why is it in every horror movie, the female always trips and falls? <laughs> All right, there's a movie you got to watch. It's a newer horror film called Scare Package. Okay. It's an anthology. It's a comedy horror anthology put together. It's like seven different little small films into one film with a surrounding story. There's actually a joke about that in the one segment. There's a lab doing tests on things in horror films, and you know, nine out of ten times, if the if the villain is within a hundred yards, the car won't start. Exactly. When she's running from the villain, she'll always trip. Yeah, uh, it is. But well, I love that. And then I also so before that, I took a class in um, low budget filmmaking, and I wrote a horror script, and it's called Death Match at Diablo. <laughs> now I know that somebody else had the same idea you know I'm not that creative but it was just we're playing a gig 
we're on, you know, we finish our, our gig in the, in the wrestling, some little podunk town, get on the bus. We're going through the bus stops in the middle of nowhere. Then this is before the zombie, all the zombie stuff, you know? And, uh, so I had zombies in the little town. Of course, the director decides when the bus stops that he's going to check the town, but the first place he's going to go is to the bank because he wants money in the vault. Of course, yeah. He gets, of course, there's going to be, you know, a zombie that's going to attack him. But that was my, that's what I wrote for my uh, horror story for that particular class. I'd still like to get it made. You know, there's always opportunities, especially if you become this really famous horror host. Yeah, people right. want to back your film, and you've done acting before. I mean, yes. come on, you were in Married with Children. You were on an episode of Married with Children. How did that yeah. go over with the other girls? Did uh, Was there some jealousy with that? that you Probably. Were... Of course, there's always jealousy, you know? And that just goes above my head. I got picked. The only reason I did a lot of things, I think, is I was there longer than everybody. I paid my dues like everybody else. But I'll tell you, when a director or producer told me to do something, I just didn't give you 100%. I give you 110%. And... I think that's what makes um, a good performer always thinking out of the box, ahead of everything. So when we would um, do our matches, here's another note. On, on Saturdays, I'd get there 15 or 20 minutes before all the other girls, and I would take lots of props and hide them because I know what we were supposed to do in our matches, but I love the look of surprise. I don't want anyone to know what I've got up my sleeve and I did that all the time and, and it's so, not just in, in your acting and, and in the wrestling Lauren do you know what Jean does now no okay get this she has her own company in it making soap but it's not just hey look I got my name slapped on a product that we're selling she makes the soap this is handmade, high quality, unbelievable. And I'm putting a link in the description to this to the website because Thank you. this stuff is amazing. And you, 110 percent. I mean, you're doing this all by hand. Oh yeah, this is all handcrafted. It takes me a couple of hours. I made one this morning before I talked to you. This is a custom for somebody. They wanted pine tar. Pine tar is good for people who have psoriasis. It's not. You know, that's something that is a specialty soap. So also I good for not throwing your bat in baseball. You know, you put the bat on the bat. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, the kitchen had that smell of resin. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> that's got to go <laughs> over well. and activated charcoal. But I do, Lauren, make these by hand. There's no preservatives of any of them. And the way I got into it is I'm always a fan of products with not a lot of preservatives, more natural stuff. And I thought, why don't I make it myself? I did some due diligence, looked at some videos, I bought books on it, and then started making it. And one thing led to another. And I was counting this morning. I'm looking at my shelf here. I have 16 different ones on the shelf right now. Put one of them off. you got to show Lauren what these things look like. These aren't just bars right. of soap, Lauren. These are, these are works of art. Oh, some of them are, some aren't. Some of them are plain because you get men that are like, I can't use that one. I'm like, yes, you can. These soap are for everyone. <laughs> This one right here is uh, orange lavender turmeric, so it's got turmeric in it, uh, and it's got lavender oil and orange essential oil. It's made with olive oil, coconut oil, shea butter, and castor oil. That's it. Of course, you need water. 
Then I got these. Can you look see at that. The, um, look at the mermaids. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. This mermaid, oh, I gosh, make yeah. a coconut sorry. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds. And then I make, uh, I have one, if you're familiar with Kyle's or Kiel's soap, I have one just like that one. Uh, and the cool thing is, I read the packages of what's on the shelf. I don't have any of that crap in these. So... These are good for you, good for the skin, good for the planet. And I was going to so say, you and it. you obviously use them, and your skin is flawless. It's not, well, it's soft, that's for sure. It's flawless. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're sweet. You're, flawless. you're too kind. Thank you. And that's Hollywood Botanica. I decided to use my name, though, because it could be the city of Hollywood or the character. So I did Hollywood Botanica, and I spelled that Botanica with a K. So um, I was doing this before the pandemic and who knew that we need to wash our hands a little bit more. So, you know, I have Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, president of NWA, who has my soap in his tea shop in Highland Park uh, in Illinois, which is just right of Chicago. So you're talking about host. Do you remember Rhonda Shear from yes. the USAF All Night? Yes. Rhonda's got my stuff in her St. Petersburg, Florida shop. And I got a new shop called Jellyfish in Ventura, California. Um, they cater to the beach area, and they wanted 60 different um, of the mermaids, different kinds. Have you hit the U.K. market? Not the market. Well, a few people know about it because I finally started doing shipping because it's expensive, unfortunately. I just shipped to Ireland, and it was a two-pound package, and it was like $36 to ship. 2.3 ounces of soap, which was about eight bars, because these weigh each about 4.5 to 5 ounces. They're one-inch bars, so they're heavy. So it, it's a little pricey to Canada and to the UK, unfortunately. Yeah, and it it shouldn't be that much. I it shouldn't. No, it, you know, that's bullshit. I agree. Ah, uh, but you know the UK market. You know, you should teach Lauren how to make these. You set up Hollywood whales. Whales Botanica. <laughs> no, it, it, it is so idea. amazing. It is an idea. I love it. I love making these. I'll just come over and visit, and I'll teach her how to make it. I'll, I'll go with you. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll well I'll do a I, and well I'll do a, a whales trip, and then we can eat some good food too while we're there. Well, for me, I like. Now, forgive me, because I haven't been to uh, to that area. I've been to Ireland and uh, different places in England, but not up to Wales. So, um, beautiful countryside, for sure. I'd love to go again. Yeah, we're all coming That's to crash good. at your place, Lauren. That'll be fine. Yep, well. <laughs> I, I, I want to go to a castle. I'll just stay in the castle. I'll come and visit you guys. <laughs> No, we're going to have to get a bodyguard for you because little Theo will be, you know, you'll be little Theo's new girlfriend, too. Ah, little six-year-old Theo. Yeah, lady wrestler. You're his girlfriend. Oh, cute. Isn't that what? That's another thing I love is that you got little boys looking up to these female wrestlers now. Yes. Not in a, you know, hey, they're girls kind of way. It's just they're cool, too. Yes, You You know, Glow paved the way for some of that, too. I love it. I think, you know, uh, anybody who's anybody can do whatever they want in this world. 
You know, you want to be a wrestler, if you want to be a musician, you just want to... I don't think I want to be a politician, no. <laughs> but... I'd vote for you. Yeah, but too much. But that, like, that's know, too much. I we would don't support want to anything you would do because, you know, that's, you know... We can do whatever we want, and that's what I love about this <laughs> world. It's so open. It, do you have any? Do you have any other projects now that you're going to be a horror host and uh, international? Yeah, I like that. Sense. I'm going to be the new horror host. That's great. I mean, you know what? Since things are opening up now, I'm actually, I believe, attending AppleCon on May first. Oh, really? Which, yes, I just got asked about it, so I'll be promoting it and posting about it. Um, I, uh, I, I said no to conventions. Obviously, they've been canceled for a while uh, but things are starting to open up slowly I will be fully vaccinated by that time I am doing that just because I work with people my job requires you know and I want to be safe uh, I'll probably still wear my mask on May 1st you know even though I'll be two weeks into that vaccination but uh, yeah I feel um, I'll be okay I'll be safe that's why I'm doing it so AppleCon is May 1st uh, CAC that Dr. Mike Lano is content if he's going or not he's not quite sure you know he's being safe as well but that's September I'm not sure if I'm doing that or not but well if you do this will be my first year at CAC because I'll be there promoting oh, the go. book I'm going to be there awesome so oh, now yeah, you have Dan to go will be there too Mr. Dan Murphy Danny will be there too so yeah you got to go good and then me you and Danny will get together we'll have dinner we'll have some laughs that would be fun yeah, Dan loves you. He wanted me to say hi. I just talked to him yesterday. Oh, uh, tell him I said hello. I did talk to him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he is such a nice man, and um, I look forward to doing some projects with him in the future. Yeah. We, he, we've, he already knows. Yeah, he's he is such a great guy. And, yeah. Uh, have well, you, have you seen him lately, though? Too. Pardon? Have you seen him lately? Like, any photos of him? Uh, I saw one last year. Does he still have the beard? It's bigger. It's like he's like, like yours. Well, he's going for like the me look now. I think his beard is longer than mine now. He's like all into this like Highland game stuff, and he, well, he's like wearing him. a kilt everywhere and throwing tree stumps. I saw the kilt. Good for him. Uh, I'm jealous. I don't have the Why legs for jealous? a kilt. You don't need to be jealous. He's your friend. I don't have the legs for a kilt. Kilts are cool. And, and, you know, we're Irish. I'm a little upset with him wearing the kilt. You know? This is the weirdest thing. You have no idea. Are you Irish, did you say? Yes. So, Dan, I just kid you not. I just put up face, Facebook, my page. The first person is Dan Murphy. He says, good day at the compound. Pulled the 500-pound sled for a five fifty foot runs and hit 383. <laughs> And there he is with his beard. Your beard is longer, I think. Yeah, and it's much more handsome. Wow, there he is. Look at that. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. That's just weird. We're talking about him, and there he is right there. Isn't that creepy? He's everywhere. He, he's kind yep. of a creepy little guy. That doesn't really happen because there's 5,000 fans, and boom, he pops up. It's so funny when, like, me and Dan will go someplace. He always laughs that. Because, you know, usually when I go somewhere, I'm one of the biggest guys in the room, and I look so tiny next to you. <laughs> I'll send you a picture of me and him together. He looks so yeah. small next to me. Because I'm 6'5". You know, I got the oh, whole cool. thing going. Yeah. And he's Good like... For you. He's like, yeah, you're a giant. I feel so small with you. Everywhere else I go, I'm huge. 
we told them with the new wrestling book, we're going to be the new tag team and we're going to beat the shit out of every other wrestling writers. Tell me the name of the book. Do you have a title already? The Wrestler's Wrestler. That's right. Yes. Wonderful. And and Dan, I know you told me about it. And if Dan's writing it, oh my gosh, he's so good. I bought the book Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, and I go, could you please sign my book, Dan? <laughs> well, we, you know what? I'm going to send you a copy of ours when it comes out. Oh, I love it. I'm going to get Dan to sign it. I'll sign it. We'll send you out the copy as soon as I get it. Oh, my. Be- or, yeah, when do you think that's coming out? Would it be this year or next year? It comes out on the 26th of next month. <gasps> well, save it for me at CAC or And something. it actually will probably, by the time this airs, because we record yeah. in advance, obviously, it'll probably be yep. about the week of release. That's beautiful. But yeah, we will. I will definitely have a copy for you. And you have to sign it too. Well, absolutely. I wrote it. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, I wish I could write. I'm not really good on words. I'm better in the ring, but I'm not better at writing. That's why I'm like, Dan, you're the pen and ink guy. You're the... You're the dude. Yeah, when we, when we approached this book, it was like... I, I told him he should write it. And yeah. then he came back to me a couple weeks later and said, dude, I can't. It's way too big a project. you got yeah. to write it with me. And I'm like, yeah. I don't do wrestling. He's like, you're a historian, you're a writer, you're a researcher. Yeah. You can do it. And we did. That's and uh, it, It's amazing because, you know, I would write a big chunk, send it to him, and he would edit it. I, and then he would write a big chunk, send it to me, and I would edit it. And it's really Great. perfect collaboration. So that worked out good for both of you, yeah. And we both have such a different style Yes. that it's not... Like, you'll be reading it going, okay, Brian wrote this section. <laughs> okay, Dan wrote this section. It's It becomes obvious, that. and I love that. It's good. And uh, he's such a great guy. Nice. Not as yeah, cool as talking a, to you. I know he's a nice guy. I've known, I, I've met him at CHC. And um, when I asked him about Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, I wanted to know how much was Dan and how much was Pat a lot of it was Dan, so yeah. it's it's really good. And you know what? He's so positive. I've listened to a couple of interviews or podcasts when somebody will ask him about glow. You know what? And he always stays very positive, and that's what I like. He's very fair. He's honest. He is and fair. Well, like I said earlier, and I'll go back to it. Glow never got the respect I felt it deserved, and I think looking back on it, people are starting to give it that. You know, they obviously are. the series kind of. That, that's what pumped it. It pumped series. it, but you look back on it, and like I said, the you guys were on there taking the bumps, doing the moves, yeah. week after week, putting yes. your bodies through hell without the training and the years on the road that these people had, and we're convincing with it. Well, like I said, we have a lot of discipline. There, there was <laughs> we we were on that short short leash, and God forbid you did what you weren't supposed to do because you were fired or you were fined. I never got fined, but I got to tell you, I was. Uh, I do have to tell you the story. Yesterday, <laughs> I was going through the TV, and on HBO, it was uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that I was working in the audience. For whatever reason, and I looked what I was wearing. I'm like, oh my god, I still wear that. I've got the leather <laughs> jacket, the little top, and the leggings. But in there, I'm getting to the point here were these cowboy boots. And I went to, and the and the cowboy boots had tips on them, silver tips. And I remember when we were playing San Diego, our director said, I don't want any of you girls going to Tijuana before the show, and that means you, Hollywood, right? <laughs> well, well, Brian. 
I'd already discussed it with six other girls that we, after our meeting, we're going to go to TJ. So the meeting ends. I look at a bunch of the girls. I go, let's go. We can't go. We're not supposed to. I go, yes, we can. We decided that we were going before they told us that we couldn't go, so we're going. So I saw those tips in Bill and Ted's a bogus adventure and went, those were the tips I bought in Vegas. And we got busted. And those girls got fined big time. You didn't? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, nobody was taken out of me. My friend goes, we can't hang. It was, it was Daisy. Daisy goes, she goes, we can't hang out with you. I can't afford to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> that is so incredible. Yeah. Fun times, let me tell you. I will tell you, everybody, this is, like I said, this is a dream come true for me. And it's just so unbelievable that you're so much cooler than I even thought you would be. That's 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 remarkable. Oh, thank you so much. But you're, a, you know, a hero, the love of my life, even though, you know, the marriage is off, I guess. If I can get the Tom Jones impersonator in Vegas, you never know. Yes, uh, will your wife will your former wife be joining us yeah. <laughs> for the marriage sure <laughs> you know what, what's she gonna say right sorry sarah she, it's hollywood a, i bet she's a sweetheart well she tell is tell her i said hello please oh i will but yeah and you're an icon you're a legend you're a hero you're Thank you. an activist I, you're an entrepreneur yes and you're talking and, and to me. And pretty soon I'm going to be a horror hostess. And a horror hostess. <laughs> and you're talking to me. See, Lauren, this is why it's cool to have a podcast. That's right. You <laughs> get to meet cool people. Poor Lauren. I'd like to get her some soap and you and your wife some soap as well. So let's say. To, oh, let's, absolutely. Uh, I was going to say, and you yeah. are welcome back on any time. Awesome. Um, we may have you come on to do some little, like, reviews of things and you know, Let's make you it. a little feature on the show if, if, from That'd time to fine. time. Okay. And I know you're running out of time, so I'm going to let you go. But anytime or you need anything, reach out to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening because I am posting links for them. Uh, for those who are new, if you want to follow me, Glow on Twitter, it's Glow Hollywood. And if you're looking at soaps, it's glow, it's uh, excuse me, Hollywood Botanica with the K, and that's on Instagram as well. Oh, I don't know if you do Instagram either, but uh, official Glow Hollywood is my Instagram as well. Lauren, anything to say before we let Jean go? Um, yes, I just wondered if you um, would tell me quickly who are your feminist icons? Well, mine are all wrestling, you know. All, mine are wrestling icons. And I would say Penny Banner uh, would be my first, and Rita Cortez. Real trailblazers. Yes, absolutely. How about yours, my dear? Um, uh, Gloria Steinman, some suffragettes. But I have to say, I I do I do have some wrestling icons. Um, I only watch what my nephews watch, but I um I, I love my favorite wrestler is Nia Jax. I love it. Um, and yeah, they're, they're quite they're quite proud that they've got me watching wrestling and, and that I have a favorite wrestler. Oh, I bet they are. You know, Jane Fonda in the day, big feminist. Huge. Yeah. Yep. And she still is today. You listen to any of her, I mean, she gets awarded. She got the Lifetime, I don't know what it was called, 
uh, at the Golden Globes, just listening to her talk. Wow. Powerful. She's an amazing woman. Almost yes, as is. amazing as you are. Well, thank you so much. Not quite, because, you know, I don't think there is. I mean, come on, you were hanging all over my walls. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were people who had you hanging all over their walls. I love that. Thank you. You're making me blush again. <laughs> well, I will see you at Cauliflower Alley. Yes, but we'll, we'll talk before then, We will definitely okay? talk before then. And everybody, go out and buy some soaps. Check out yes. Hollywood merchandise. And, and let's start a petition to get a horror hosting job for, for, for let's Hollywood. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. All hey, right. when I'm at Comic-Con, I'll check it out. When I'm at Comic-Con in, in, uh, in New York. Yeah, and you say, hey, I got this guy, Brian. He's a great producer. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> or a co-host. Either or. I could be a wolfman or something. The more, the merrier. Yeah. We need other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that would be very cool. Oh, thank you so much. And I can always get music because my boyfriend's a musician and plays with Ace from from uh, from Kiss. So we can get, we'll have some celebrity guest. Yeah, we'll get Ace Freely on. Let's get Ace. That would be so fun. He plays with Ace. Yes. How is Ace? Ace is very funny and very nice. I was going to say, he's one of the funniest guys in rock and roll. He is very funny, and you know what? He's on the East Coast now. He moved back to the East Coast. So he's got a girl out there on the East Coast, and he's good. He's happy. Good for him. And hopefully they'll go back on tour in August. Slated, but who knows? Yeah, well, if you talk to Ace again, tell him that we love him. He's the funniest guy in rock and roll, and if he ever wants to come on, he's more than welcome. I love it. I because he is hilarious. We don't even have to talk about Kiss. We could just like, first off, he's got the most infectious laugh ever. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's my voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hollywood. Uh, we will be goes. talking soon. Thank you so All much. Right. Thank you, Lauren, and thank you, Brian, for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys. Be Bye. safe. Be well. Don't forget to wash your hands. Yeah, you too. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> I bet you're not going to go for a nap after this. You're going to be like, Lauren found it. Wait, uh, she, she, I, I think she liked me. She did like you. <laughs> Lauren, that was Hollywood. I know. Do you have any idea how hard it was to keep my concentration, first off, and B, to not mention that you found a bomb? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't find the bomb. My sister found the bomb. I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. I, yeah, except not <laughs> believing the bomb. <laughs> yeah, I didn't believe in it. Uh, now, it's when just... did this happen? Um, gosh. It's so hard to remember such uh, minor incidents like finding a bomb. It was, it was like, it was the late 90s. Mm, okay. Yeah, it must be like 98. Yeah, 98, 99, I would right. say. You realize I have to call our friends at Old Timey Crimey now and tell them Lauren found a bomb. I have to call Kurt and Chris at the Strange Sessions to tell them Lauren found a bomb. I'm calling John Cox, Lauren found a bomb. And I'm, I'm calling everybody. I'm calling Ansel. I'm calling all of our people. I'm going to say Lauren oh, found a bomb. And they're yeah, all going to say, and she never told us that she found a bomb. I told Neil. <laughs> And now I'm going to yell at Neil because Neil's on the show and never said, I did I'll tell you the time Lauren found a bomb. <laughs> was that your Neil impression? You like my Neil impression? Yeah, 
idea. You should do it in front of him. It was a pretty good one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know I didn't get the accent right, but I think I had the voice pretty close. <laughs> Lauren? Yeah? That was Hollywood. I know. Do you really? Gene. Me and Gene. We, we, we text now. We're buddies. Yeah. She's going to send you some soap. We're friends. I am friends with Hollywood. Yeah. Lauren, do you, do you understand that this is like finding a bomb in your backyard? <laughs> Things like this just don't happen. <laughs> it wasn't in my backyard. It was in the it was in the woods behind my house. Same thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do you ever find quicksand in the in the garden? No. No. There is quicksand on the beach that's close to my house. Oh, I just, that, that was Hollywood. And I'm glad, I am so thrilled now that I found out that she wasn't ignoring all those marriage proposals I sent as a teenager. Is that they never got their mail? That's horrible, well, isn't it? That is horrible, especially, like you said, that if they were, if you were being told that you could write to them. Well, yeah, they had a thing in the back of the magazine. But th- what's really terrible is it sounds like they were just scumbags and they didn't want the girls to know how popular they were so they wouldn't have to pay them. Well, I, I, I think it's also as well is that if you're if you don't know how popular you are, then you're eager to please and it kind of kept them malleable so they could tell them what to do and they would do it. Well, you know what that means? We're just going to have to bring her back on. Talk about these things. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Absolutely. And Lauren, before we be, before we go for today, yes, was I not right? Would she not make the perfect horror host? She would. She's she's just full of energy and everything, and I think she would make a great horror host. And I know we do audio, not video. People can't see this, but people, she is as beautiful today as she ever was. I'm not exaggerating. She's lovely and in every single way. She's if, just fantastic. If you get a chance to go to any of the events she's going to be at, the, the autograph signings or any of the public events, once this is over and everything's safe, you know, do it. Because she's just, she's fantastic. She's a wonderful person, and everyone should get to talk to her and buy her soaps because, oh, my God, they look amazing, don't they? But for now, Lauren, I'm going to have to uh, go feed the cat. And uh, Yes. Go watch a baseball game. So uh, before I go, you got any final words to the people out there? Like <clears throat> how to spot um, a bomb? No, I've, um, well, obviously, I don't know because I didn't believe that the bomb existed. And I thought they were just they just found some piece of metal and being hysterical. Um, yeah, no, nothing. Well, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave everybody with the unexploded bomb. In that case, from Brian and Bob. Oh, you know what? No. Go to our social media, people. Yes. Go to our Facebook. Go to our Twitter. Go to our Instagram. Go to our, our TikTok. Go to all that. You can go to our, and I'll give you, the, we'll give you the links now. You got uh, Twitter, which is History TA. You have got our merch store, which the link to our merch store is available in the description on this show. Um, Lauren, give us the Facebook, the everything 
Um, it's History Ramblings uh, with Lauren and Brian. It is the Facebook group. And um, Instagram is at History Ramblings. TikTok is at History Ramblings too. And once this episode airs, um, I will show... I, I don't think I can go into the woods because they should never have gone into the woods because it's private property, so they were trespassing. But I can take you to, like the entrance where it was and i can do a quick video and show you where about they found it it'll be the bomb video yeah though we shouldn't call it that on 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 tiktok because we will get police knocking on yes well it's the, the location of the world war ii bomb that that's that's insane yeah. but for now from brian <laughs> in buffalo and lauren in swansea good night Good night. And we've got a forest behind us where my sister once found a bomb.